0: Praise God well while they're finishing up the offering there I just want to tell y'all we're still in the bookstore featuring Charles Caps's books I told been telling y'all this the last few weeks we still have some left in there but I wanted to give you a little testimony this morning this little book here I don't know how many pages is in that thing not many 46 46 little bitty pages in this book and uh, I'll give you a quick testimony on it when I when my son was born uh, I didn't know Jesus and he was born and he was born uh, with a hernia and so the doctors you know after you know you how you're you, you know in those days I don't know what all goes on nowadays nowadays it seems like a lot difference a lot more intense things. there he just went to the doctor had a baby you know and whatever so anyway he said you know that we're gonna have to we're going to do an operation on and we're going to fix it because it, if it if it goes ahead and completely ruptures his life would be in danger and and so Uh, he said, you know, I said, well, doc, what's, you know, it's my son. And so I said, what's the odds that something could go wrong? And he said, well, if we operate now before it ruptures or anything like that, uh, there's a, a 60, 40 chance. No, excuse me. There's a 70, 30 chance. Everything will be okay. And I was like, all I heard was 30, right? And so you're telling me there's a 30% chance that my son could not make it. And he said, well, every time you put a child in anesthesia, especially a baby like this, there's always a danger. And so you need to be careful. And so he says, but if it ruptures, then it'll be a 60-40 chance and that you could lose him. And so, I mean, I was panicked and I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to just say yes. And so I said, well, uh, you know, we need just a little bit of time to think about this. So we go home. And of course, you know, like always, I mean, I was raised going to a church, but I mean, I had no relationship with Jesus. I believed in God. I believed in heaven. I believed in hell. I believed in a devil, but to have any relationship with God or to believe in the power of prayer or anything like that, I had none of that in my life. And so, uh, but you know, when you're in trouble, you pray. And so my mother and father-in-law had sent this book, Charles Capps, God's, Creative Power for Healing had sent this to the house before we even had Joseph. It was just there in the house. It was just sitting in the bathroom and a little bitty old book, you know? And so, anyway, I never read it, never paid any attention to it. But that night I was hurting because my, my son was sick. And so I got this little book. I went into the bedroom, uh, the bathroom, rather. My wife was in bed. I closed the door. And I started reading this book. I didn't want her to think I was reading, you know, because I thought it was kind of like sissy to pray and all that kind of stuff. And so um, I started reading this little book. And as I read this little book and, and it started talking about the creative power of healing and what God could do and talked about the ministry of laying on of hands and God's medicine and all these things like this, my faith rose. okay. So unbeknownst to me, I, I didn't know this until I told this testimony years later, and then my wife told me I was wrong. I thought she was asleep, but she wasn't. She was awake watching me, acting like she was asleep, playing possum, and uh, I went over there, and my son was in the crib, and uh, I just, I was like, it was kind of like this. Okay, step number one, lay your hand on him you know, okay, step two, you know, uh, this is about the way I was doing it. Not, not any spiritualness to it because I didn't have any spiritualness to me. I really wasn't even saved. And so I just prayed, followed the little book, prayed. So we had to take the son, my son back the next day. We knew what was going on. Uh, excuse me. I had a day and then the, 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 the next day we were supposed to take him back I get home. My wife, uh, as I get to the door, she rips open the diaper and shows me my son and said, "Look." And I said, "What?" She's gone. And I said, "Okay, let's take him to the doctor tomorrow and see." So we took him to the doctor. Went in there. Doctor looks at it, examines him, says, "There's nothing wrong with him." He said, "I don't understand this." Yeah, give the Lord a hand clap. Now, being the heathen that I was, uh, so then I turned on the doctor, and I said, well, what kind of an idiot are you? You can't even diagnose my son right. You said he had a hernia. He ain't got a hernia. Where'd it go? He said, I, I don't know. I said, well, does this, this kind of stuff just disappeared." He says, no, it can't just disappear. I said, well, then it did disappear. And I said, so you either didn't diagnose him right, or it was he was healed. And so he says, well, I don't know. I did not diagnose him right. I don't know anything about healing. But I, 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 he said, I, I, all I can tell you is get out of my office. Take your kid. <laughs> but seeing in my heart, I knew that God had touched my son and healed him. Now, I just want you to know how hard I was. Eight months later, before I gave my heart to Jesus, eight months later, before I ever gave my heart to Jesus, but that was a seed sown in my heart that day that changed my life. And I knew it was knew that he was real. Amen? Amen. So little bitty book, 46 pages, change your life right there. You know, go pick them up. Bookstore will be open after church. Now get your Bibles out. Go to Matthew chapter 15, verse 21, Matthew fifteen twenty one this morning. Now I'm, I'm still preaching on what I did Uh, Started about the dwelling place. Uh, Started in Psalms ninety-one. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. And so I cannot review because I got a lot to go through today. But you got to go back and get that message, listen to it. You got to listen to Sunday night. I mean, Sunday last Sunday's message. You got to listen to Wednesday night's message because I went on with some other stuff about Jesus and who He is and about the tabernacle and about. How the, when, when, when Moses erected the tabernacle, there was, an, there was a part called the outer court where the people would just go in. That's where they made their sacrifices, offered their lambs, offered their turtledoves, whatever sin they'd committed. That's where they, they went into there. But then the Levites went into the inner court where the showbread was and all of those things. But only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies once a year and that's where the presence of God was and when Moses was writing Psalms 91 that's what he's talking about he that dwells in the secret place of the most high he's Moses has seen the 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 holy of holies has seen God's presence has seen God's power it's there he knows what he's talking about but he's talking about this place that he longs to be because he wasn't the high priest he didn't get to go in there all the time so he's still being in there. I mean, I mean, folks, that's like eating the best piece of chocolate you ever ate in your life, and it just, whoo, man, just glorious to you, but you never could get another piece again. You always thought about how good it was, but never getting it and longing to just have another piece. Try a little of this. That isn't good enough. Try that. That ain't quite it either. You just knew you longed for it. That's how Moses was with the presence of God. Amen? And so anyway, I talked about that Jesus, that everything in the tabernacle had to be anointed. They had to be anointed with oil, but Jesus didn't anoint us with oil. Jesus anointed us with his blood. When you gave your heart and life to Jesus, when you made him the Lord and Savior of your life, then he anointed you with his blood, and his blood speaks a lot louder than oil. Amen? Amen? Amen. Okay, so now I want to go, and I've told you all about this, but I want to tell you this morning and show you how you can go into the holy place how you can be in the presence of God. Now, some of you this morning are going to think it's going to be a one, two, three, four message and, and uh, whoo, you know, <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> I may have four or five points here, but this, this, this morning what I'm talking about to you is about your heart, okay? And uh, some of you are going to want to do it and some of you aren't. See, the problem is in life, is that most people, you know, they get to the place in life where uh, they would just as soon stay in the outer court, go into there and make their sacrifices and know when they die, they're going to go to heaven. But they really just want to live their life. They really just do what they want to do. They really just want to say what they want to say. They really just want to eat what they want to eat, dress what they want to do, do whatever they want to go to church. If they want to not go to church, if they don't just, just, you know, live their lives Knowing that they can still enter the outer court and make a sacrifice, but they don't really want to go into the presence of God, into the holy of holies, because God might ask them to change something. That's always what the problem is. Might ask you to clean your mouth up, and I'm not talking about cussing, I'm talking about cursing. The other day I was praying, and I was just repenting, because I do a lot of repent when I'm praying because I do a lot of things that I know can't be pleasing to the Lord. And so anyway, I was repenting there to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, man, I lost my temper, and, or I lost my, shouldn't have said what I said. And, and, and the Lord just stopped me and said, you know, Robert, I'm, I'm more concerned with doubt and unbelief coming out of your mouth than I am with anything else that came out of your mouth. And I was like, yeah, you're right. That's really offensive to you. When I'm saying something, you know, I, you know not believing God to do something, can't, I'm actually saying to him, you're not big enough to do it. I mean, that's really what you're doing when you're walking in worry and doubt and unbelief. So anyway, there's a lot of people just don't want to do it because if you get close to God, then you're going to be challenged. Okay. So they, they want to stay in the outer court. And I I, I got to put this out. If that's where you want to stay, well, then, okay. All right. All right. But don't come whining to me when things aren't going right. And I say, well, look, this is what you need to do. You need to go in the holy. Well, is there another way? I mean, there's not a person in here. You're a liar. I guarantee if you if you if you say that's never you've never had this thought. You hear all these things, the magic diet pill, if you just take it, you wake up. Wait, just fall off of you. Just take the pill. All of us want that. Nobody wants to go exercise. Nobody wants to put forth the effort. Nobody wants to change their eating habits. You want to eat cake and, and, and everything else and blo- just pile it on, the ice creams and the everything else like that, and then just want to take a pill that cal- you know recalibrates all that stuff so it don't bother you. Hello. Come on, look at the person beside you and say, man, he's meddling now. But we want the same thing with our Christianity. We don't want to read our Bibles. We don't want to go to church. We don't want to develop a relationship. We don't want to have to struggle to get into the Holy of Holies. We don't want to have to deny ourselves anything, but we want God to move man and the chariots of fire in our life. So Matthew 15, 21, it says, "Then Jesus went out from there and he departed for the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Cana came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on me. O Lord, son of David, my daughter is severely demon possessed. But he answered her not a word. Man, what a deal. You're going out there. You go to Jesus. You're trying to get hold of him and he won't even talk to you. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away. For she cries out after us. So this woman's making a pretty good fuss. Are y'all with me? She's not just like, excuse me, Lord. She's not just standing over there on the sideline holding her hand up, seeing if he'll pick her, right? She's causing a ruckus so much that the disciples are embarrassed and the disciples are like, golly, Lord, send her away. Get her out of here. They apparently tried to get her out of there, right? Couldn't. But he answered and he said, I'm not sin except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So she, he, he, he actually turns to her and says, look, I don't have anything for you. So she came and she worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered her and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to the little dogs. And she said, well, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat from under the crumbs that fall from the table. So she, she, she twists Jesus's words you see what I'm saying here? She, Jesus said, look, uh, uh, you know, not even the little dogs. And she said, Lord, just the little dogs come and eat under the table. So then Jesus answered and said, oh, woman, hard is your head. No, that's not what he said. He said, oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed that very hour. Okay, now. The first thing, the first thing to going into and dwelling with God in the holy place, the first thing is that you have to have a great need. Listen to me. People don't seek God most of the time because they just thought it sounds good. They just want to go look to God. Oh, yeah, we're just going to. No, most people seek God in a time of great need. Now, the great need doesn't have to be a disaster. The great need can be you looking at your own self and seeing that you don't have what it takes to get to heaven. You don't have what it takes to love. You don't have what it takes to make your marriage work. You don't have what it takes to, to, to raise your children. Whatever the great need is, you've got to understand you're not going to seek God unless you look into yourself and say, Man, I'm an idiot and I'm not going to make it. I don't have the wisdom that I need. I can't figure this out, Lord. I mean, uh, I started laughing. I read an article that said that the CDC was thinking about changing their, their policies on what does it mean to be vaccinated. Now they're going to say you're not fully vaccinated unless you had the booster shot. So I thought, isn't that true? No matter what you, you, you do everything and then, oh, well, they changed the rule. Okay, now you got to do this. Oh, no, you got to You're not smart enough to do it. You're not smart enough to figure it out. You're not smart enough to do all that kind of stuff. There's always some yahoo out there changing everything. Hello. And until you come to the realize that that to the end of yourself. When I was standing in that barn about to blow my brains out because I thought I'd come to the end of myself. I was a failure. I couldn't make it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't accomplish it. I wasn't the golden boy. I wasn't going to be the big rancher. I was losing everything. At that moment, I came to the realization I need help. And until you come to the place in life that you're going to get to there and say, I need help. You're not going to want to go to the holy place. See, some people don't even know they got a problem. That's what's really bad. The ones that are just their lives are really messed up, but they don't even see that they got a problem, that, that they need a helper. Some people, listen, are comfortable where they are. You take a person that is successful in business or or even they just not even have to be really wealthy just got a good job and going along and everything's working right and they got a happy marriage or they think they got a happy marriage or you know whatever and they're just raising their kids and it's going on with life well they're doing it see they don't have a great need they've not stopped and looked at the end of their life and saying wow there's more to life than what i'm thinking those people are hard to reach because they feel like they don't have any, any need. Hello? But as you all know, no one is impervious to tragedies in life. So they do need Jesus. They just don't know they need him now, right? Right? So the first point here is you're not going to even desire to go into the holy and to do what I'm talking about here, to go dwell with God, unless you see you have a need in your life. If you think you got the world by the tail, you're in charge. I'm in victory. I've got everything I need. I've got a house. I've got a car that runs. I've got finances. I've got good wife. Everything's good. Life is good then you're not going to want to go to the Holy of Holies because you're, God may tell you to change something. Because we're born with an Adamic nature on the inside of us, a fallen nature on the inside of us. A nature that's not seeking God. It's seeking this world and what the flesh wants. <clears throat> you know, I, 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 and this is, this is not right because I, I don't want this spirit that's on me to ever get off on y'all. But, like, I have never liked exercising. Like, even when we were in school, I didn't like it. I didn't want to run track. I didn't like to run. I hated to run wind sprints. I wanted to play football. I enjoyed lifting weights, but I did not like to just run. And so, there's, have you all seen this this commercial, this new, uh, it's, a, it's a, what do you call it, a, 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 a Treadmill with the little screens up there, and the guy saying, Now come on, you could do it. And it shows the girl on there, and she's all sweat all over her And she's got a smile on her face. I'm I, I just like, What a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> that is an absolute lie. Where did they, how much did they pay her to be smiling while you've got two weights in your hand running on a treadmill? <laughs> but there are probably a few people in the world, obscure small sect of people that might enjoy that okay just like torturing themselves and doing that but I look at that they had a bit of fun they don't look like a bit of fun to me that commercial is not enticing I don't want it I don't want to do that all right but I would like to be healthy and there is the problem right So what I'm saying to you is watching that commercial doesn't make me want to buy one of those things. So people who are already comfortable in their their life, they don't want to to buy into Jesus because they're already comfortable. Why do I want to go do that? Because they don't see they have a great need that that their life could end up in hell. They don't want that. They They don't see it. They don't want to pay the price. Okay, number two. This woman... She went to Jesus. Now you gotta understand something. She looked at Jesus and she said, he's my answer. The world today wants us put out that there's a lot of ways to get to heaven. There's a lot of ways to God. God's a God of love. He loves everybody. You could be this, you could be that. You could do this, you could do that, whatever. But this woman looked at Jesus and said, he's my answer. He is the Messiah He is the Christ. He is the anointed one. He is the one, the answer that I need. Hello? Here we go. When in Matthew 16, 16, Simon Peter said to Jesus, he said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Now, listen, you got to understand what that means. To say you're the Christ, it means he's Peter was saying, Jesus, you're the Messiah. You're the one. Now, our English, we don't we don't get all of this. But the Jewish people had always been told that one day the Messiah was going to come. There was going to be the Redeemer. There was the one that was going to set things right because they had read Ezekiel and Isaiah and all the prophets and they had read that God said he was going to pour his spirit out upon man and he was going to do this, right? They had read this. And so they were always looking, is that the Messiah, is that the Messiah, is that the Messiah, is that the Messiah? Great rabbi would rise up and they'd say, oh, is that the Messiah? They were looking for the anointed one. That's what Messiah means, the anointed one. That's so what Christ means. It means the anointed one, the one who came smeared, for a good South Texas word here, smeared with God's oil and anointing and approval. That's what it meant. So when Peter looked at Jesus and said, You're the, you're the anointed, you're the one. Here we go, folks. This woman said Jesus was the one. If you want to go into the holy place, you got to understand Jesus is the one. He's the only one. There's no other way into the holy place. There is no other way into the holy of holies except through Jesus and his blood. You have to believe that Jesus is your answer, not Jesus. And then maybe this. I just need some some of Jesus and add a little of this. Are you all with me? Because a lot of people don't do that. I just need a little Jesus and a little transcendental meditation. I need a little of Jesus and a little of church work. I need a little of Jesus and and, and some community involvement. Are y'all with me? They're not looking at, folks, listen to me. Jesus, he's the one. There is no other one. All authority in heaven and earth has been granted unto Jesus, and he is the one. Everybody say he's the one. He's the, one. Amen. He's the only one that can make you holy and righteous and unblameable. Now, listen to this. This is good. Ooh, golly gee, this is good. He is the only one, right? And he is an authority. And I hate to tell everybody in the world that doesn't believe this, but what he says goes he said all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth every devil has to bow every demon has to bow see this is where people don't get this right they wrestle around with sickness they wrestle around with uh you know other demonic manifestations of things bothering them and things like that like like there's still a battle going on there is no battle going on it has already been settled let me tell you something church it's already been settled he's the one he's anointed of god God sent Jesus to this earth. He sent him down there and anointed him. His blood is what, according to Colossians 1, 21 and 22, says, makes you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in sight. His blood. Only his blood. Well, I don't like to talk about that kind of stuff. It kind of makes me start talking about blood. It just makes me just I think me things like I may mean, not right. and so you know it's a little, little too abrasive for me pastor i mean can you smooth it over make it a little smoother i like a gospel that's a little more accepting to everything and a little more a little more a little more open to everything i know ah you start talking about that blood stuff it just starts kind of making me nervous and, and you know so jesus is the only way i don't know just you know lord we what about this over here what about those people what about i don't know about them i'm just saying what the word says hello that's not my job to figure all that out. My job is to preach the word of God. The word of God says it's he that makes you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in the sight of God. Only his blood. Amen. Wow, well then wait a minute. That means the devil has no rights and powers and authority over your life. Wow, that means that, that what the enemy wants to do to you, he doesn't have any right to do because you've been touched by the anointed one. Amen. There's an old song when I started writing this message that just man, I guarantee I haven't heard this song since the 90s. And it just popped in my head. It was an old song by the old Southern Gospel, the Gaithers, They used to sing this song. He touched me, oh, he touched me. Y'all remember this? I see some head shaking in here. All the old people, all the young people. I hate dating myself with songs like this. He goes, he touched me, oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy. That floods my soul. Hello? <laughs> Something happened. And now I know. He touched me and he made me whole. And I was thinking about this. Man, folks, you got to know that you got touched by the anointed one. And if you don't know that you've been touched by the anointed one and he's made you different and you're whole and complete. Well, then you're you're missing it. You're not going to get into the Holy of Holies. I can walk up to the Holy of Holies, knock on the door and say, open up. I'm here. I've been touched. Now, I used to that was a bad word, you know? Say, he's a little touched. <laughs> but now I'm using it, man. I like it. I've been touched. Got touched by the anointed one. He touched me. Just think of this. In, in what I've been preaching, when, when, you, when you touch the vessel, the, the, the Levites did with the anointing oil, they, then that vessel became holy. Jesus touched me and now I'm whole. So I have a right to go into the holy place. I have a right to go right into the presence of God. I have a right to sit right down in the courts of heaven with God and all, everything going on, sit down there and talk to him as my heavenly father, that my spirit cries out, Abba, Father. And I'm going to sit outside. Listen, I'm going to sit outside the door and let the devil whisper in my ear and tell me I don't have the rights and the privileges to do this. Tell me that, you know, all this or that or the other. What are we doing, folks? If you believe that he is the anointed one and he's touched you, then folks, you're different. This woman, this woman who went to Jesus, she was she was a Gentile. They literally called them dogs. If I called you a dog this morning, y'all wouldn't even show up. Y'all would be all outside waiting to fight me. But he, they were called dogs. They, they, they were, they were the, the, the Gentiles. They had no rights, no privileges, no anything. That's why that they, they were so upset with this woman just pitching a fit over there, trying to get to Jesus and like, get the dog out of here. Had no rights to be there. But she fought through every barrier, fought through every situation, every circumstance, fought through it all. Because she knew that Jesus was the one. He was the Messiah. He was the anointed one. See, folks, listen to me. Jesus is not concerned with your your economic status. He's not concerned with your great wisdom and your ability to, to orate anything. He's not concerned with how glorious and great you are. He's concerned with one thing. Do you believe that he's the anointed one? And I have laughed before because I have seen people that I thought, well, you know, how do I say this and, 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 and be halfway couth? Wow. I've seen people that look like they got it together. And I would look at them and think, oh, they're going to they're gonna be a good Christian. And then I've seen other people just dig up out of the mud and the mire of life and think, oh, are they going to make it? But that person believed in Jesus and clung to them and hung to Jesus and, and, and held on to his Garment, no matter what, and said I'm not gonna turn loose Jesus till you do something for me. And that person, I've watched them grow and just go, just believe God for things. Jesus said He'd do it for me. Just miracles happens, living, living in miracles, all because of their faith and their belief in their heart. When the other person was more, you know, more isn't the word posh? Is that the right word? Y'all are just looking at me like you ain't ever heard that word. Don't that word mean like you kind of got it together, looking good? You know, isn't that what that word means? Somebody shake their head and say, yes, that's what it means. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know nothing. Bunch of rednecks. But you know, he, 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 the person that's got all together when well, he Whoa, oh, you know, he's trying to he's too worried about his dignity, too worried about what he's gonna look like, too worried about his radicalness, too worried about, you know, oh I'm gonna go over that church there, lift their hands over there. It's kind of funny, you know, I don't know. Woo! Make me a little nervous. That church over there kind of wow, they got long service. Hey preacher, he kind of weird. Like to keep it toned down a little bit, like to have a let's just have a nice little religious service. And I'm telling you, you're not going to get your miracle. Jesus is going to go on down the road. You're not going to get into the holy of holies. You're not going to get into the place with him because you're not willing to get rid of all that. Deny yourself, deny everything that's around you and just go for him. Amen. But have you been touched, well, then all of a sudden, man, everything changes. Right? How do you get touched? Well, Bible's real simple. It has to do with your heart. There's no, there's no specific prayer. My prayer to Jesus was, Lord, if you're real, I really want to know you. And I guarantee you that was my salvation prayer. Lord hit me right there in that born, saved me, knocked me on my feet, got touched by God right then, all from that prayer because he saw my heart. But the Bible says, you know, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, that's what it takes. An outward sign, something has to come out of you that's, that's making your statement. You can't think your way into heaven. It's got to come out of your mouth. It's got to be there and say, Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. I want you in my life. Lord, touch me. Boom. You can be saved. Or it could be, Lord, touch me. Or it could be, Jesus, it's only you. Whatever. It's got to come from your heart, though. Hello? Now, I think this is the third thing. The third thing is, is now you believe that he is the Messiah, you believe he's the anointed one, but then you see folks, and I don't know any other way to describe it than this. <clears throat> I know myself and I know my personality and I know what my strengths are and I know what my weaknesses are. And one of my, one of my uh, weaknesses is, is, man, I hate feeling that I've been taken advantage of. This is one of my top ones. Uh, you could come up and say, "Robert, you're an idiot." You, you, you whatever. You could, you just cut me like that. It wouldn't bother me. But the minute I think that somehow or another you got to me, you took advantage of me, well then I'm fighting mad. Okay? And so I really have a difficult time in the world and dealing with the world and the things going on in the world right now because I feel like I'm being taken advantage of. I feel like people are are just doing things that aren't right, and and I, I can't put my foot down. I've been putting my foot down, but it ain't doing no good. So what I love looking forward to is I look, I just, man, I want to see the millennial reign of Christ. I want to see Jesus come down and he be King Jesus and he be ruling. And then I'm working with him. Hello. And, and I know it's going to be a righteous government. I know it's going to be a righteous judge. He's going to be a righteous ruler. Hello. Hello. I'm not going to have to worry if he says do it. I'm just going to do it because I don't have to judge it because I know Jesus is Jesus. He's going to do it right. Are y'all following me? I long for that day. On the inside of me, I hate injustice. That's why I work so hard with orphans because I cannot stand perpetrators upon children because children can't defend themselves. And so I long to set things right. Hello? Hello? I long to be in a righteous kingdom. So I know Jesus is the anointed one, but I long to be under his reign. This third point is here is what are you longing for? Proverbs eight seventeen says, I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently will find me. That word diligently there, it means like with longing. Psalms 84, 10, a day in your court is better than a thousand. And I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. In other words, he's uh, he's saying, I I just want to be there in your presence no matter what. I'd rather just be the doorkeeper. But just as long as I'm in your tent, this, this thing you long for, folks, listen to me. We know what longing is. Don't we? You can't sit here today and tell me, I never longed for nothing. No, we all long for something. You, you, it may be your, uh, your relationship and your marriage to be better. It may be ice cream. To get away, go on a trip, go have something special, go do something. Guys, go hunting, kill a big deer. Oh, Lord, just give me the big one. <laughs> i long longing for it, Lord. Hang on my wall. <laughs> you know what longing is. Longing to be loved. But Jesus says through the psalmist, Psalms 42.1, as the deer pants for the water's brook, so pants my soul for you, so longs my soul for you. In other words, when you put yourself in a position that you're longing to be with Jesus, folks, listen to me, you're about to enter in to the dwelling place with God. But you got to be wanting to long. You got to, you got to be longing to be there. You say, well, Lord, how do I get to, how do I get there? How do I how do I, how do I get to be longing? I'm not longing. I don't yearn for the Lord. Okay. Back up for a minute. Last point. Do you believe he's the Messiah? Do you believe he's the anointed one? Has he touched you? If he has, those are all good signs that you should be longing Maybe you're not longing because you've entered into a world of, yes, you know Jesus is the answer. Yes, you know Jesus is the Messiah, but you're, you're, you're not longing because you're so caught up with the, everything going on in the world. You're so caught up with the cares of the world, the deceitfulness, of riches, the lust of other things. You're so caught up with all the things going on. Philippians 4, uh, 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 17, 18 is not your scripture where you're, you're, you're not, you're not going to be anxious for anything. You are anxious for everything. Amen. Hello. You see, the devil wants to get you in there and he wants to get you misguided, misdirected. He wants to come in there and pour all this stuff to where your your thoughts are so caught up with. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, please, Lord, do this. Oh, please, Lord, do that. Oh, please, Lord. Lord. Why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done that? Rather than just doing what I said, he's the anointed one. You want to go into the temple, you, uh, the, the, the holy place with him, the, the, the dwelling place. And then you're just longing to be with him. And then all of a sudden you're just sitting at his feet. And then all of a sudden he's just telling you what needs to take place. See, you're still in charge. You're still trying to direct it all. You're being the executive secretary for the Holy Ghost and trying to arrange all of the things in heaven to go here and go there and do this and do that, because you think you got it all figured out. Hello. This has got to become a longing on the inside of us, a longing on the inside of us. I was listening to a minister the other day uh, on a YouTube video, and he was talking about a woman that was in his service, and she she was she was needing a miracle, she was needing something, and 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 she was just in the service, and the whole time she was sitting there saying, "Help, help, you, help me, Jesus!" No, she was no, saying, "Please, Jesus, please, Jesus." She just sat over the whole time, whole service. It's all she was saying, just crying out, "Please, Jesus, please, Jesus." And first night of the meeting, it went on. You know, and, and he put up with it the second night of the meeting. He said, man, it was really starting to irritate me. She was loud. She's just over there. She just kept saying, please, Jesus, please, Jesus. And finally, in a minute, he just couldn't take it anymore. He went over there and walked down. He didn't want to embarrass her public. And he leaned down to her and he says, ma'am, if you'll change one word, you'll get a miracle. Change please to thank you. And so she just started saying it. Thank you, Jesus. He said it was the same old monotone crying deal. <laughs> And he says, thank you, Jesus. And so she did that about five, six times. And all of a sudden, she, he noticed that she started changing. And it was like, thank you, Jesus. And then, whoo, whoo, and then she said, thank you, Jesus. Whoo, and she started yelling. And the minute she got her miracle right there, because she changed and she started worshiping. It's change one word. It's change one word. Which brings me to this point with this woman. Okay? Because I got ahead of myself here. I want to back up. Is it Worship. She went down, and when Jesus wouldn't talk to her, and wouldn't, do this, she, what did she do? She worshipped him. Hello. If you want to get into the holy place, you want to get into the dwelling with God. You, you're longing for Him. Well, then start worshiping Him. Now, folks, listen to me. Worship doesn't mean your great ability to sing. Worship doesn't mean you're, you know, that you can. You, you, you've got this great voice, and you can, you know, do all this. No. Worship is you sh- is just simply you sharing your heart with Him and and and, and being in a thankful position. Now here, I'm gonna hit you a little bit hard upside the head. Stop worshiping fear. Stop worshiping worry. You say, Well, I don't worship worry. What do you think more about? How good God is or how bad things are? Whatever you spend your time doing, that's what you're worshiping. Ooh. Reach over to that person beside you and, and, and pull that out of them there. <laughs> that arrow come right out of them. Listen, whatever you spend time doing, folks, listen to me. If you just took the amount of time that you complain about everything, turn that around into a focused time of worshiping Jesus in prayer, you'd see your whole life change. Amen. Every time you want to complain, every time you want to worry, if you just took that time right there and said, okay, I was going to, I was going to gripe about this for about 15 minutes. So I'm going to stop I'm not, I'm not going to gripe, but I'm just going to worship God. Lord, you got it taken care of. You are it. You're going to answer. Woo, Jesus, I praise you, Lord. You just do that for the 15 minutes you were going to complain. You'll see your whole life turn around. Do you realize that that Paul, speaking to the church at Philippi, in Philippians 14, says, be anxious for nothing. That's a tall order. Be anxious for nothing. Some of us, you know, we can't even order something on the Internet. Because then we're anxious before it gets here. Checking it three or four times a day. Got emergency alerts going to pop up when that thing's in delivery. Oh, it's on the truck somewhere. It's coming. did not arrive when it's supposed to. We just go to Raising Cane. I ordered two boxes of shells. Had a hard time finding them. Finally found them. Paid more than I ever should have for two boxes of shells. But I wanted them, got them. Got, and they were on the truck, I was following the truck, following the truck, man, I mean, I, like, I got it like on GPS, man. I'm like looking at it, All right, he's turning right over here and right now. He's going to, he just, just two boxes of shells. shouldn't have been anything, but in this crazy world we live in right now, it was a big deal. And so I was trying to get them here and my babies, you know, little babies coming in. And uh, uh, so uh, I was waiting for it, and then I get a phone call, and I look down, I don't recognize the number, I'm too busy looking for the truck, you know. Don't recognize the number didn't answer well it was the ups guy trying to deliver them but i didn't know it was his number and he was trying to call me to deliver them and so then he said well i had to come back on monday you know so point being i was anxious i was even more anxious when i found out i wasn't gonna get them to money what's gonna happen somebody gonna steal them i guarantee somebody gonna get on there steal my box jesus help me that's where i was please jesus And the Lord says, be anxious for nothing. <laughs> but what are we worshiping? Are we worshiping fear? We we worshiping worry? We we worshiping, you know, anxiety? Because what you spend time doing, that's what you're worshiping. Amen. Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. 36. The guy comes up to Jesus wanting to find an easy way out. And he said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your mind. (laughs) Can I just ask you this, church? I don't need a show of hands. But when you really stop and think about it, how much time do we spend either worrying or trying to get the Lord to do something for us or trying to learn who we are in God? trying to learn our spiritual gifts, trying to learn our whatevers versus just amount of time sat at the feet of Jesus like a Mary, not a Martha, and just loved on Jesus. Jesus, you're you're the coolest person I've ever known. I love to be around you. We're all guilty of that. And if you want to dwell and go in the dwelling place with God, you've got to change that. You gotta change it. You gotta quit worshiping fear. You gotta quit worshiping anxiety. There is no worry in heaven, I'm telling you, what is going on in the world right now. You know, what, what the, you know, they're, they're now saying the Chinese, have got them a sub- supersonic, subsonic, some kind of sonic, fast shooting missile, a what? Hypersonic. I knew there was some kind of a sonic. Got him a hypersonic. Got him a hypersonic missile, can change directions and hit the United States, right? I guarantee there was not a meltdown in heaven. God didn't turn to Jesus and say, what are we going to do now? The Chinese got him a hypersonic. How are we going to do this? Kill everybody. Right? You know, yeah, there's no worry in heaven. There's no anxiety in heaven. God knows he's got to do. It. Listen to me. <laughs> today in the world, a hundred and almost 65, 165,000 people are going to die around the world. That's the world stats. 165,000 people are going to die today from whatever just going to die don't you think heaven would be a little bit busy to be answering your prayers yet i just heard a testimony of, of of a person who got a word from god 10 years ago and then was reading ivan's book for their birthday and opened it up boom same word how'd god put that all in perspective how'd god do that that he cared about them enough to put that one word in there so that it confirmed what happened 10 years ago and did that. And in a book that Ivan wrote and got into their hearts over here and did that, while wow, they got 165,000 people pounding at the well, I don't know that they're all saved, right? But give me this one. Let the preacher preach. 165,000 people beating down the pearly gates. You'd think that'd be a big mess. All I'm saying is, God is so amazing. God is so big. Folks, we've got to get down to, like Jesus said, the first thing you can do, the most important thing you do is love the Lord your God with all your heart. Yes, Lord. And what are we doing, running around, biting our fingernails, pulling out our hair, saying, oh, don't know what's going to happen? Let me give you the last point. I think I got myself all messed up here. I'm out of, no, I've gone everywhere in the world, back and forth, and so. Oh, here we go. So this woman, okay, so here we are, all right? You believe Jesus is the anointed one, right? You believe he's touched you, he's anointed you. You're longing to be in the dwelling place. You're worshiping him, right? Now, the last one here, the woman's daughter was demon-possessed, is what it says. And she's gone and sought him out, gone and sought Jesus out. Letting nothing hinder her. Right. Letting nothing stop her. The the, the racial problems, her being not welcomed by everybody. The disciples trying to tell her to shut up and get out of there. Jesus not talking to her. Jesus calling her a dog. Right. All these things right here did not stop her nor did not deter her. She was determined. Right. Because she didn't care what people thought. She only cared what Jesus thought. And the last point here is, folks, listen to me. You're not going to feather your relationship with Jesus if you're looking for the straight-laced, nice, cultured, got to have it just so-so, Jesus. I remember a book I read years ago of a preacher who was having night meetings in, a, in a, a big city here in the United States. And so at night, he didn't, you know, he's all geared up from preaching. He didn't want to just go to bed. And so he would go to this coffee shop while it was late at night, and he'd stay there drinking coffee, and, and, and the prostitutes off the street would come in there. And then he just would, you know, start talking to them, and then, and then they found out he was a preacher, and then they'd come in, and they'd say, hey, preacher, what are you preaching tonight? And he'd start preaching to them. And before long, after a while, he'd let them all to the Lord. So he said, why don't y'all come to my service? And so they came. And so they came. And when they walked in the church, the church, you know, what are these people doing in here? Hey, folks, listen to me. When you make Jesus first in your life, I don't really care. Let me just change that. I was about to say something that might get me in trouble. It's all about making Jesus first in your life. It's not about pomp and circumstance. Folks, that's what's been wrong with churches for too long. Everything's been trying to be all, you know, hoity-toity. I don't know if that's a word or not, but I used it. Hello? My goodness, we need to be Christians who know that we've been touched And we're not worried about what anybody else is thinking. Jesus is first in our life. And and we are radical. We are on fire. We love Jesus. We know he's the answer. We're not scared of what people are going to say. Listen, I gave up a long time ago wondering what the opinion of man was of me. Because I have found in life, I mean, no matter how good I could get, There's always going to be some yahoo standing around the corner trying to cut my legs out from under me. If I had the greatest physique and the greatest of everything and stand up there, there'd be somebody say something. Hair too white. Something. There's always going to be somebody. Do you think you're ever going to grow to the place of perfection you're not going to get, somebody's not going to hammer at you? And most of the time they just hammer at you because, you know, they want to be where you are. But we got to get to the place, to go into the holy place, you have to get, you have to lose, you have to shed all of this junk of what the world wants to put on you of pomp and circumstance, and this is right and that's right and all that. See, that's what I think is crazy about the whole thing that everybody's in right now because I don't see race. Myself. I don't see color. I don't see anything. But then when he comes right down to it, I had to stop and say, you know, I am. I am, I guess, in their definition, uh, a racist. Because I really only see two sets of people, saved and unsaved. (laughs) Are y'all following me? And I say, oh, that one's saved, and that one's unsafe. So I am judging. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what you wear. I don't care. That, that, that's immaterial to me. Do you love Jesus or not? Because I see there's no other way. It's black and white. It's Jesus or you're lost. Amen. And we got to be people who are just willing to just be radical enough to go out there and just minister to everybody. Tell everybody. So the word, tell people, because we're not ashamed of who touched me. Hello? It's not, okay, now now that you've been touched, you need to line up and get like this. Hello? I think that's communism, right? It's like when I was in Russia preaching back in the 90s, and, and, and we went into that department store, and they said, look at all the clothes we have. And I walked down there, and I said, brother... All you have is two colors of shirts, blue and white. Yes, we have two. (laughs) Big choice. Look at your pants. You have black and brown. That's all there is. No colors, no flavors, no, no styles, no something different. Oh, no, no, brother. Everything was regimented. And they had that mentality, so it's the same way. You're a Christian, now it's now, whoop, change, you've got to be like this. Now you've got to say, well, that wasn't enough to be touched. We've got to clean you up and do this. I'm just saying, folks, we've got to get to the place where Jesus is first in life, and nothing else that really makes any difference. And when you get to that place in life where you're just free to just tell everybody about Jesus, no matter if they're going to say, you're weird, say, you uh, don't make me no difference. I'm telling you, Jesus is the answer. All right? You get to that place, you're going toward the, now you're going to be dwelling in the dwelling place with God because you're getting off all those inhibitions. You're throwing off all that junk. You're getting off all that craziness off of you. And you can get to the place where you can walk right into the dwelling place with God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, close your Bibles and stand up if you would. Can I have a prayer team Come down. For all of you out there watching the broadcast today or listening, listen. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, today's your day. Today is your day. Do not, do not turn off the dial. Do not change the channel. Don't do it unless you know for sure that you know that you know that you have been touched by the Anointed One. Jesus loves you. He paid the price for you on the cross. He gave his life for you so that you could come and and dwell with him. And all you have to do is ask Jesus to come into your heart. You can simply pray and say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died for me. I believe you gave your life for me. I give you my heart. I want heaven to be my home. Forgive me of my sins. And as you pray that prayer sincerely from your heart, the Lord will touch you. And that's what you want to be touched by the anointed one. If you're in here, listen to me. I know I say this all the time, but listen to me, church. If you're in here, do not leave this building if you're not sure you've been touched by Jesus. Things happen, folks. We live in a world and things are happening too quickly and too strangely and too oddly. You never know when you're When some accident can happen, something can happen. You don't want to live your life not knowing that if you died, you'd go to heaven. Hello? And so I'm just telling you, we have prayer team people up here. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, you need to come. As soon as I finish praying, I need you to walk up here. I need you to just get with one of these people and say, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. They'll pray with you right there. The anointed one will touch you, Jesus, and you'll be forever his amen Amen. if you need to come up here and just pray about something else just you just need some agreement this morning they'll also pray with you for that but i want you to turn to the person beside you come on now, be bold this morning turn to the person beside you and say have you been touched by jesus if you couldn't answer that listen to me if you couldn't answer that with a true heart if you just said All right? If it's going to like, don't look at me, oh God. (laughs) Well then, folks, listen to me. You need to come up here and pray with these people and make Jesus the Lord of your life. Amen? Amen? So grab the hand of the person beside you. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name. I pray no person will leave this building today that is not sure that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of their life. I pray, oh Heavenly Father, that we are all know that we know that we've been touched. By the Holy One. We've been touched by the Anointed One. We have been touched by the Messiah. Our lives will never be the same because we have been touched. Lord, I pray this message today helps each and every person go into the Holy of Holies. To go in there and dwell with you and desire to dwell with you. To long to be with you. And Lord, I just pray today that, that, that every person out there listening and every person in here leaves knowing that Jesus, there, right with you. And Lord, I give you praise for it. Bless us. Bless them all, Lord God. And just give us people this week to minister to. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.